Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. The, the Bible reading today is from 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 1 to 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Well, today we start in our new series entitled Frontline Sundays. Uh, you see, the church, as followers of Jesus, uh, we are missional people. We have a mission and a purpose to make disciples of all nations and to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Simply put, we are called to be a blessing in the world. We are called to make a difference in the world. And so what we do from a Monday through to a Saturday is just as important as what we do on a Sunday. The church is a body of people gathering together for worship and then scattering out into the world. And so on a Sunday, we, we gather together for worship. And then from Monday to Saturday, we scatter onto our front lines to live out our faith and to make a difference for the kingdom of God. And so now we're going to be watching a, a, a short video which illustrates this this idea of, of gathering and then scattering. Over a month, around 6% of the UK gather together to worship Jesus. It feels like we're too few to make a difference. But the reality is, Monday to Saturday, God has us. Scattered in the world, connecting to hundreds and thousands of people. So wherever you are, Whoever you are. Whatever you do. You can make all the difference in the world. And on Sundays, when we gather together. We strengthen and empower one another. To be sent out again. For life on our front lines. In general, if you tell people that you go to church, uh, they will think it's, it's because you're religious uh, and that's what people like you do. Or perhaps they will think that that's where your friends are and, and it's a good place to connect with, with, with people. Or maybe they, they know how well we support one another and so they please that you belong to such a community as this. Now, now, while there is a grain of truth in all of those views, they miss what the New Testament suggests the church is all about. And it's within passages like 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 1 to 2 that we discover what it really means to be the church. 
And we read in 1 Peter, chapter 1 and verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, in those days, they used to write letters like we write emails. The first line tells you who the letter or the email is from, the sender's name. Uh, And so uh, this is a letter from Peter, who is an apostle. You know, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. And in fact, Peter was Jesus's best friend. And he writes this letter to the Christians who are scattered throughout the provinces of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Uh, And that's, you know, modern day Turkey for the likes of you and me. And so he writes this, this letter to them, but he writes to them because he wants them to understand what it means to be the church. He, he wants them to see themselves as part of the true people of God of the Old Testament. And so he uses two pivotal words uh, to, to describe them. And the words are elect and exiles. And so we read in verse 1, he says, To God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces. And so he addresses the the church as God's elect and as exiles. This is who we are as a church. This is our true identity. Well, you're probably thinking, well, great. It's lovely to know that that is who we are, that that is my core identity. But I haven't a clue what those words mean. Okay, well, let's look at each word in turn. Firstly, elect. Elect. So what does elect mean? Uh, So elect is just a fancy word that means chosen. And it, it's referring to God's chosen people. Now, in the Old Testament, the Jewish nation was the chosen people of God. And you will remember all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, how God chose Abraham and his descendants. They were the chosen people of God. But why? Why did God choose them? Well, he chose them for a purpose. And God's purpose was to to bless them so that they could be a blessing to to the rest of creation, to the rest of the world. That was God's purpose. Uh, They were chosen for a purpose. They had a mission to bring God's blessing to the rest of the world. Now, (laughs) Peter, when he's writing to these Christians... He calls them God's elect, God's chosen people. But but most of them were not Jews. They were were non-Jews like like you and me. Yet he calls them God's elect. You see, when you put your faith in Jesus, you you get born again. You you become a child of God. You get a whole new citizenship. You become a citizen of the kingdom of God. And so we become part of the chosen people of God. 
Uh, we, we get drawn into the ongoing story of God's purposes for the world. The, the story which started with Abraham, find is, found its climax in Jesus, and now continues through the church. The story of being blessed so that we can be a blessing to the world. And in the visual we were using, we are the red dots. The, the red dots visualize the statistical fact that in the UK, uh, it's, it's around 6% of people who go to church once a month or more. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't seem, maybe it doesn't seem very significant or, or a lot, uh, but actually it is a, a significant number. And so when we gather as worshipers, we remind ourselves that we believe a very particular story about the world. Uh, we believe it's God. He created it. We believe it's broken because of sin. We believe that Jesus' death makes new life possible. And we believe that one day everything will be transformed. So we, we live as a people with a very distinct story in a culture that may not believe any of that. We are the red dots. And when we gather, we, we do so to, to strengthen and encourage one another uh, uh, and to, to be reminded that we are the chosen people of God, that we have a mission. We are called to be a blessing. Secondly, we are exiles. Again, what does it mean to be an exile? Well, the exile simply means foreigner or stranger or refugee. So exiles, an exile is someone who is temporarily living in a foreign country as a stranger or a refugee. And that's why it says in verse 1, exiles scattered throughout the provinces and uh, again that th this reminds us of the experiences of the jews the, the people of god in the old testament you will remember how the babylonians invaded and defeated them and how they were kicked out of their land how they were scattered to the nations where they lived as as foreigners and uh, at first, they were all kind of just hoping they could get back to their own land as soon as possible, get back to, to Israel. But God basically says to them through the prophets, no, 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 I want you to stay there for a while. And I want you to be a blessing. I want you to bless them. You can read about that in Jeremiah chapter 29. And so we, sorry, and so they were meant to stay in these foreign countries but they were not meant to become like the locals. They were meant to remain distinct, to be different. And, and they were meant to be a blessing. They were to bring God's blessing to the nations. And, and that is what it means to be exiles scattered. And we have been called to be exiles scattered. Now, see, when Peter's writing to these Christians, he calls them exiles scattered. But 
But they're not foreigners. Uh, they, 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 they're not scattered. Uh, they, they are locals. They are from, uh, you know, they, they, they're from uh, Pontius and Galatia and Cappadocia and Asia and Bithynia. Uh, th- th- that's where they're from. That's their hometown. They are born and bred. They're not exile, exiles. So, so why does he call them exiles? Well, it's because when you put your faith in Jesus, uh, you you get dual nationality, <laughs> and uh, I see you get you get born again. You put your faith in Jesus, you get born again. Uh, you become a child of God. You get a new citizenship. You become a citizen of the kingdom of God, and so you have this this kind of dual nationality. Now, now I have dual nationality. Uh, you know, I have, I'm a South African citizen, and I'm also a citizen of, of Britain. And uh, when I'm living in Britain, uh, you know, uh, when I'm living as Britain, in, in Britain, uh, I will always, in some way, be a foreigner. It doesn't matter how much I try to fit in, uh, how hard I try. In, in some sense, I will always be a, a foreigner. And that's the same for us when... When you put your faith in Jesus, you get dual nationality. You, you, you're still British, but your, your primary citizenship is found in the fact that you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And then, therefore, when, when we live in Britain or any other country for that matter, we, we live as foreigners. We live as exiles, as strangers living in a foreign land. And these early Christians and, and all of us living in the UK today are a small minority in nations that in the main do not worship Jesus. The image of the, the six red dots in the sea of, of gray pictures this. This is a picture of the church scattered in the world from, from Monday to Saturday. And this is where we spend most of our time. Well, we don't spend most of our time with other Christians and unless you, you work for the church like me. Uh, we, 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 most of the time we're out in the world. And so we, we may be the only disciples of Jesus in our home, in our workplace, in our school classroom. And God has a plan and a purpose for our life and he has a plan and a purpose for placing us in these scattered contexts. He has a plan for that. These, these are the places where we are called to shine. So, so it's important to make sure that we, we, we don't gray out, uh, that we don't lose our distinctiveness and become the same as the surrounding culture. That is why it's so important that we gather on, on a Sunday so that we can encourage each other and inspire each other so that God can minister to us by his Holy Spirit and empower us so that we can shine in our scattered contexts and so that we can make a difference for the kingdom of God. And that's why I just love uh, Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 to 2. This is from the message version. So here's what I want you to do. God helping. Take your everyday ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. 
Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out brings the best out in you, develops a well-formed maturity in you. I just love the, the, the line, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. It, it's our everyday, ordinary life. It's our it's what we do every day, uh, the everyday things. That is our front line. Now, front line is a term to describe these scattered places. So, and of course, when I hear, I don't know what you think when you hear the word front line, but when I hear the word front line, I immediately start thinking about front line workers. You know, those workers in the NHS who are on the front line battling against coronavirus. And the word front line. Uh, reminds us of a battlefield. And, and whilst we, we would want to be careful about this, for, for some Christians, keeping a Christian witness in, in their place, it's not easy. And so a front line is the everyday place where you live, work, study or play, where you are likely to connect with people who aren't Christians. It's the place where you spend most of your time with the people you most naturally connect to, doing the things you normally do. Except you start doing it differently. You start doing it for Jesus. And we all have front lines. From, from, a, from a school child to a retiree, we all have front lines. We are all the Exiles scattered by God. Now, being a pastor, it's easy to think, oh, well, you know, I don't have a front line because you know, I work with Christians all the time. But we all have front lines. And I have many front lines. When I go surfing, when I go to a surfing competition, that's my front line. When I'm at the school gate, that's my front line. When I go shopping for groceries, that's my front line. We all have front lines. What is your front line? Now, during lockdowns, our front lines have drastically changed. Our front lines have definitely become a lot smaller as social interaction has, has decreased. However, with smaller front lines, often the quality of our relationships have increased. I am connected with my neighbors more often than I ever have before, especially during the, you know, the clap for the carers, suddenly starting to connect with my neighbors and get to know them a lot better. I've also noticed some other neighbors uh, every afternoon at about half past three, they come out of their houses, they stand on opposite sides of, of the street with a cup of tea uh, and they have a good chat. That's their new front line. How has your front line changed? But more importantly, do you realize that God wants you on your front line? God has a plan and a purpose for your life right where you are. And perhaps you're thinking, uh, you know, perhaps you think of yourself as pretty ordinary. 
you have an ordinary job, you do pretty ordinary things like playing sport or watching rugby on TV, hanging out with your friends, cleaning the house, buying the groceries, looking after the kids or the grandkids, just ordinary things. How can God use me? I can remember thinking that when I first became a Christian. How could God use me? And I can remember at, at the time when I first became a Christian, uh, going to church and, and looking at everyone who was serving God in the church, and I just felt like I didn't really have much to offer. Uh, I, I couldn't play a musical instrument, so I couldn't lead worship, and nobody wanted to hear me sing. And I wasn't that experienced yet, so I couldn't lead a I couldn't lead a life group or, or, or preach. And I can remember thinking, I had nothing to offer God. And perhaps you feel like that. You see, we often fall into the trap of thinking that, that God only wants to use us in activities that are linked to church programs. But God wants to use us on our front lines. The penny dropped for me when I went to a youth rally. And when I was at the youth rally, the guest speaker, when he walked up onto the stage, he had a surfboard under his arm. And he, his first line, the first thing he said was, I'm going to surf for Jesus. And I suddenly went, wow, that's God's plan and purpose for my life. That's what he wants from me. I'm going to surf for Jesus. And it totally changed the way I approached surfing and the way I surfed. Surfing became an act of worship. And God has called all of us to be exiles. God wants to use all of us on our front lines. The, the places where we spend most of our time. Where, where God has already placed us. Doing the things that come most naturally to us with the people that we most naturally connect to. God has strategically placed us right where he wants us and he can use us to make a difference at our workplace, in our schools, in our homes, in cafes, on the sports field or wherever we are. God can use us where he's placed us. You see, God has surrounded us with people he loves. People we can pray for. People we can encourage with an uplifting word. People that we can love in practical ways. This is our mission field. This is our front line. And we really can make a difference. You see, our ordinary life is no ordinary life to God. We might not feel hugely important, but our life is far more significant than we realize. For we are agents of the kingdom, the kingdom whose king rules the universe. And so we are the red dots when we gather to strengthen one another as a distinct people. And we are the red dots when we scatter to many different places with, with many different people. And like those early Christians, we are a small minority, only 6%. Yet Peter is confident in what God can and will do through them. And therefore, we should be confident in what God can and will do through us. By his Holy Spirit on our front lines. We will make a difference 
for the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Thank you, Father God, that we are your church, the body of Christ in the world. We are grateful for our Sunday life and the worship that equips us for the days when we repart. Help us see afresh the possibilities of our everyday lives. May we know your presence with us in the pressures and the potential of the week. Help us to leave traces of grace wherever we are and whatever we do. We ask us all in the name of Jesus. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.